Good morning. It's 10 a.m. We're going to try something new and start on time today. Hope you're doing well, church family. I miss you. Wish we were all here together. I'm here in the sanctuary with just uh, Ben and Mark. We're spread out six feet apart, so no concerns there. Um, But we're definitely going to miss gathering together as a church community over the coming weeks. Um, We're going to send out some information this upcoming week, kind of after the dust settles and more things are known as far as how long we're going to continue this way. Um, But for right now, it's the foreseeable future. So um, just a couple things that I want to mention to uh, keep you guys informed before we get into a message here this morning. One, check out Park Community's website. Stay connected on the website. Um, We've updated it to kind of reflect the current times of church ministry. And so parkcommunitymn.com is our website. You can find information there. Um, Also on the website, there's a little... Um, helpful link that you can fill out if you want to help people in need or if you're somebody in need in our community, whether you're part of our church family or just in our community, surrounding communities as well, we want to help. Um, we have over 50 people who have signed up to offer help. And, uh, and so if you're somebody who needs another person to run grocery, to do a grocery run for you or pick up prescriptions or anything like that, we would love to help. Um, our church is just filled with amazing people who want to serve those in need. And so please utilize that. You can find that on our website, also our social media platforms, um, or email the church office, office at parkcommunitymn.com if you have any questions or want to get connected to that. Also on our website, you'll see a way to sign up for the Park Weekly. So we're going to be sending out emails pretty regularly to the church family to keep you connected. That's the best way to get the most up-to-date information is by signing up for Park Weekly. And so you can figure out how to do that on our website as well. Or again, email office, office at parkcommunitymn.com. As we gather, we're going to kind of figure out our Sunday morning rhythms together, um, what virtual church should look like for Park Community. Um, I've just even been observing, you know, some churches do it where the pastor's standing up front, they have some music. Um, This morning I decided to just sit at a table and do it a little more casually, but we're going to kind of play around with that and see what works for our church community and family and see what's more natural. Um, The reason I bring that up is that I'm going to miss singing with you. I love gathering together and singing songs that exalt Christ as a church community, and I'm going to miss that. Uh, But I do want to keep our songs fresh in my mind, on my heart, on my lips, and I hope you do the same. And so you can check out our Spotify account, Park CC on Spotify. And if you don't have Spotify, um, we'll try and figure out how to get you connected to our songs as well. Uh, But you can just follow that on Spotify if you are on Spotify and hear a running playlist of the worship songs that we do as a church family. And then lastly, just connect with our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram. We have a public Facebook page that you can connect with and then a private Facebook group. The group is for people who are just a part of Park Community Church and then the page is public to anyone. That is, uh, that's kind of the info that you need to know. Like I said, we're going to try and figure this out together. Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable preaching to a room of people than I am to a screen. Um, I don't even know how to preach to a screen. You know, there's something unique. There's a unique grace and gift of God to his people when we gather, whether that's a small group in a living room, whether that's a large Sunday morning gathering where we're singing and preaching. There's just a unique grace to that. And I'm kind of mourning this season of not being able to do that with you. it, it, it's making me more hungry for when we can do it together again, but we'll, uh, we'll just figure this out as we go together. And uh, so this morning I want to just kind of 
pause on our sermon study from the book of Matthew, and we're going to do a little bit more of just kind of a, a overview, kind of looking at um, really a biblical perspective for a global pandemic. And so this morning, I just want to take a chance, and I know everybody's talking about this right now, all the news outlets, um, a lot of churches are, and at some point, I want to just get deeper into scripture and let God's word inform us and not just talk about kind of the global pandemic and the COVID-19 crisis, but I thought for our first time together as a church family um, with this virtual church online, I thought let's take, let's take this morning to kind of dive into how should we move forward as a church and how should we be thinking about this current and unique situation that we're in as a church family. And so we're going to do that this morning. To do so, I just want to start by looking at Psalm 56 verses 1 through 2. The entire psalm is an amazing psalm. So I encourage you to read this over and over again and continue to read all the psalms. They deal with our emotions, these highs and these lows. I love the psalms because they're all over the place with emotions and with questioning God and having faith in God and wrestling with God and, and worshiping God. And so I encourage you to just devour the psalms over this time. But for this morning, I want to start with Psalm 56, 1 through 2. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. And it certainly seems as though the earth is giving way or that the mountains are being moved into the heart of the sea, or as Chicken Little says, the sky is falling. As you um, just consider the reality of the world that we're in right now, it's, it, it's unprecedented, as everybody has already said. Um, it's a unique time, and it can create a lot of fear. And I know some people in our church are, are bent towards kind of giving in to fear, and others are bent towards kind of ignoring some of the reality. We all deal with things in different ways. Uh, but this passage is an incredible reminder that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And, and that we will not fear, it says, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the sea, Though our circumstances are out of our control, and oftentimes they leave us in peril, and they, our circumstances can lead to fearful thoughts, this psalm is reminding us to cling to God, to remember that he is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. And the, the psalm goes on at the end of the psalm. This is uh, one of those famous psalms, Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so just that reminder there, be still and know that he is God. And then I love how it says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all of the earth. And so as this global pandemic, really it is a global pandemic. It's sweeping across the globe. It's affecting all people, all countries, all cultures. And there's a reminder here that God can use even the worst circumstances that we are in to bring himself glory, to draw people into his kingdom. And so I'm praying that that will be the case. And, and I'm really encouraged personally to see how you, Park Community Church, are responding to this. And just the outpouring of support that we've, as a church staff, had from people saying, I want to help, I want to serve, let me know what I can do has been um, really encouraging. And then also, just as I observe other churches responding to this, the Church of Jesus Christ is truly a powerhouse that I think God is going to unleash and is unleashing into the world so that he would be exalted among the nations, 
that he would be exalted in all the earth. This is an amazing chance for the church of Jesus Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ serving people in need. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how we can do that this morning. Let me pray, and then uh, we're just going to talk through some things. Father, I thank you for this church community, for Park Community Church and for St. Louis Park Community and our surrounding neighborhoods. God, there's so many people living in fear and worry, and there are vulnerable people around us. And uh, Lord, it's a reminder that all of us are vulnerable, that life is fleeting, life is short. We have little control over our life, over our health, over our wealth. But Lord, I pray that this would be a reminder to us, a wake-up call, that we have a God who is sure, a God who is powerful, a God who is strong, a God who is a refuge and strength, a very present help in our trouble. So God, I pray that we would cling to you. I pray that as a church family, we would figure out how to continue to create community in this season. And I pray that you would do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine. For your glory, for the good of our neighborhoods, and for the advancement of your gospel, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, a couple things I want to do this morning here is I, I really actually just want to kind of pause, like I said, on preaching through Matthew and come back to our mission and vision as a church, at least this morning, and just talk about how we can continue to live out our mission and our vision in this time. Our, our mission as a church, why we exist, is to be and make disciples of Jesus, or that's apprentices, followers of Jesus. And we talk about this all the time as a as a church family, but that's why we are here. And this comes from the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, which Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is our mission as a church. We exist as a local, organized church family to be and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And then we say our vision. This is uniquely how we live that out as a church family we, we want to live out, we want to execute our mission by living as a family of sons and daughters who pursue God, brothers and sisters who practice his commands, and neighbors and witnesses who proclaim his gospel. So that is how we fulfill our mission to be and make disciples. That's kind of how we've worded it here as a church family. And we talk often about identity. We want to discover who we are in Christ first. Our identity is more important than our activity. And our identity is actually what informs and propels our activity. So because we are sons and daughters of God, we can pursue him. We can have this relationship with God because he's adopted us into his family and he calls us son, he calls us daughters. We, we are brothers and sisters of one another. This church family is made up of people, not, not blood relatives, but we are united in Christ, and Scripture over and over again refers to the church as family and to Christians as family. And so you and I are brothers and sisters of one another, and together we practice the commands of Jesus. That is a part of being a disciple of Jesus, is that we actually need to practice what he's calling us to do. Scripture is full of commands, it's full of encouragements, it's full of um, instruction on how we are to live. And so as brothers and sisters, we together need to hold one another accountable to practicing Jesus' commands. And then as neighbors and witnesses, we proclaim the gospel. So we live in this world, in our communities. Um, we are neighbors to people that you work with. We all have a sphere of influence. We live in a particular neighborhood or in an apartment complex where you have people that you interact with and you rub shoulders with. You have a place of work. Um, a lot of you are working virtually right now, and so we're going to talk a little bit about how to be neighbors and witnesses in this unique time. 
But as neighbors and witnesses, that's our identity. Our activity is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and deed. And so this morning we're going to take some time and um, talk about that. Sorry, I didn't have that slide up as I talked through that. But there it is. That's our mission and our vision. And uh, so I want to just take some time and kind of walk through that. First one here is sons and daughters. So we have been made sons and daughters. If you are in Christ, you've been adopted into his family and he sees you, God sees you, he calls you his son or his daughter. We talk about this often as a church and as sons and daughters, we're able to pursue God. So one of the regular rhythms that we do as a church family in pursuing God is we gather on Sunday mornings, we sing songs, we hear from his word, we interact with one another, but ultimately our Sunday morning is kind of this vertical relationship with us and God. It's gathering together to worship him, to sing praises to him, to engage him as a son or a daughter. Um, and, and so one of the regular rhythms that I appreciate and love and enjoy is that Sunday morning gathering. It's a way that, I, that I'm consistently reminded that I am a son of God. And as a son of God, I have this intimate personal relationship with him. Well, in this season, as we all know, we can't gather. The, the spiritual discipline, the spiritual practice, the spiritual rhythm of pursuing God by gathering on a Sunday morning has been taken away from us. So what, what do we do? I think this is an amazing opportunity over the next couple weeks for us to grow in our identity as sons and daughters of God by pursuing him in some ways that we often neglect and are kind of often secondary. And that is spiritual disciplines. So we're going to be talking more about spiritual disciplines, I think, in the coming weeks. I want to dive into that a little bit more. But I encourage you to just kind of dive into spiritual disciplines. Linda Gunderson, one of our supported global partners and a member of our church, had posted a link on our Facebook group to some spiritual disciplines and practices from Bridgetown Church in uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, they have some great practices, so you can check out their website and find some stuff there. Um, We'll send out some information to you as well, but I encourage us as a church family to, to use this time really to practice spiritual disciplines. A book that I read on spiritual disciplines a while back was Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And he gives three different categories of spiritual di disciplines. He gives an inward, an outward, and then a corporate. I left the corporate off of this slide because we can't actually practice that corporate expression of spiritual discipline right now. The corporate expression is gathering it's singing, it's listening to the word preached. Um, and so I thought, I think in God's grace, this is a unique season and time for us to grow in some of the disciplines that we may often neglect or forget about. Some of these inward and outward disciplines. And so Richard Foster talked about the inward discipline of meditation. That's meditating on scripture and reading it slowly and thinking it over and kind of just chewing on scripture and allowing it to... to sit in your heart and mind as you continue to read it and meditate upon it. Prayer, really a chance to pray. I mean, as we are, are not able to be present with one another, we're always present with God. God's always present with us. And I think this is a great chance for us to really take some time and do some intentional prayer. And so share your prayer requests with one another and also just dive into scripture and use God's word as a, as a prayer guide. I love praying scripture and this is a great chance to do that. Fasting, I think this is another good time to, uh, to fast, to take up the spiritual discipline of fasting and to give some things up. Um, you're giving up church involuntarily, 
Um, and you're not giving up church. The church isn't the building, right? The church isn't a place you go. It's a people you know. We talk often about that at Park Community Church, that the church isn't the Sunday morning event. It's the people. And so we're not giving up the church, but we are giving up our gathering. What are some other things that you could voluntarily give up during this season? Could you, could you, could you um, give up certain things? In, in a, a phrase that I've heard related to fasting is starving the body to feed our soul. Are, are there some foods, some drinks, or some luxuries that you could give up in this season to really boil your life down to the essentials and to the necessities and say, when I give up some of these luxuries, some of these things that I usually, that I usually feast on, when I fast from things that I often feast on, I actually feel closer and more connected to my Savior and to my Lord. And so good chance to do that study, just deep study of the word, read books, um, use this time to grow. The outward disciplines, simplicity, silence, solitude, and service, thinking through those, how can you do that as, as an individual right now with kind of the slowing down of our culture? I would encourage you to actually use this time to slow down. Maybe speed up by serving people in need, but slow down with some of the things that you often fill your life with. Maybe rather than binge watching Netflix during this time, maybe you actually slow down from your media intake and, and you, you slow down from that, but you speed up with serving others or you speed up with the inward disciplines of reading and prayer. Maybe you spend some more time in silence and solitude. Maybe God reveals to you some things in your life that have cluttered your life, and, and so you simplify your life. You get rid of some things. In God's grace, I think this can be an incredible time for us to do some spiritual searching and some soul searching. So I encourage us as a church community, as sons and daughters of God, to pursue him by practicing spiritual disciplines. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. The second one, brothers and sisters who practice his commands. There's hundreds of commands in scripture for us to practice. Two that I just want to talk about this morning as it relates to the current situation that we're in. The first one comes from Romans chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those who exist have been instituted by God. And so as 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 much as everybody has their own opinion about how we should how we should structure things in life and what's good for the economy and what's an overreaction, um, is social distancing really necessary? Can't we try and figure out ways to gather? And um, there are creative things that we can do to figure out how to gather, but everyone has a different opinion on what we should be doing during this time. And as brothers and sisters of one another, we actually practice Jesus's commands. This is a command in scripture that says, Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. So our governing authorities and our health professionals have given us our precedent for how to live during this worldly, unprecedented time. And scripture gives us our precedent. That is to submit to, subject ourselves to the governing authorities. And so I would just encourage us as a church family that if you think there's some overreaction, it doesn't really matter what you think because Scripture calls us to submit to our governing authorities and our health professionals. And so as a church family, we're going to do that. We encourage you to take the recommendation of the governor, of the president, of your local city, and the health professionals. And that's why we're not gathering as a church. That's why we've canceled meetings, and that's why we're figuring out creative ways to do things. 
It's actually our role to submit to the governing authorities. And so let's continue to practice that. We'll stay in communication about how and when um, things have changed. But I, I want that to be our posture as a church family because that's the posture of Scripture, that we are to submit ourselves to the governing authorities. And so um, that's the first thing that we're talking about practicing here. The second one comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, which says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this is a, this is a command in Scripture that we are to practice. Brothers and sisters in Christ need to gather together. We need to stir one another up to love and good deeds, love and good works. And we need to not neglect meeting together. So what, what does that mean? How do we meet together? Well, again, we are submitting to our governing authorities, and so we're not having Sunday morning gatherings. And this past week, we encouraged you to not get together in your community groups and that may change as time goes on. We're trying to figure out how to do this best. But the, the encouragement here from Scripture is to submit to the governing authorities who have said don't gather. And then to not neglect meeting together. And so it's our job as a church family, as brothers and sisters of one another in Jesus, to practice the command to not neglect meeting together. And so that means creativity. That means figuring out like Zoom calls. Ross and Jen Eggers set up a Zoom connection for 9.30 this Sunday before the live sermon. And so they're going to do that again next Sunday. And I encourage you to hop, hop onto that Zoom call and see each other on a computer screen and talk to one another that way. In community groups, stay connected via Zoom calls, via Google Hangout. Um, I know my, uh, the, the ladies in my group have been using Marco Polo and sending videos to one another. A lot of people are using GroupMe. Um, email chains of prayer requests and this is a time for the church to get creative and to be innovative in how we connect with one another because we can't neglect the command to meet together though our meeting rhythms look different now than they normally do we have to continue meeting together to encourage one another and to consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so while social, social distancing is necessary in this season, so, so social isolation isn't good for the soul. And so we need to stay connected. And so get creative, think that through, reach out to people that you know, both brothers and sisters in the church family. Think about who do I know in the church and, and, and who should I reach out to? Spend some time with God praying and asking the Spirit to nudge you. Who should I send a text to? Who should I make a phone call to? Who should I send an email to? Let's utilize our phones and our social media outlets to connect with one another and to not neglect meeting together. So that's our role as brothers and sisters who practice his commands. And then lastly, I want to talk about how to be neighbors and witnesses. So our our identity is to be neighbors and witnesses who proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to talk through this, I want to read Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, may your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. What an incredible verse for us to keep in mind in this time. How are we to be neighbors and witnesses? Well, for one, it's, to not, it's not to live our lives in fear and complaint. The command of Scripture is to rejoice in the Lord. And then you see the word after the Lord? Always. Again, I say rejoice. And so because we're people with eternal hope, because we have Christ, the hope of glory, living within us, we have a reason to rejoice in all circumstances, in all things, in all time. Like Psalm 46 said, do not fear because God is our refuge, a strength, that ever-present help in times of trouble. And so, church, one of the ways that witnesses is to be reasonable. It's not to be panicked. It's not to be filled with fear. It's not to be overreacting. It's not to be hoarding supplies for ourselves in, in, and giving into greed. Actually, we ought to be generous hands that are giving things away to others. It's to be reasonable. I mean, so, so take care of your family, be reasonable, do what you need to do, but then take care of your neighbors and have a reasonable mind. And this exchange here is saying that when you bring that to God, when you bring your fear, when you bring your anxiety, when you bring your joylessness to God in prayer, he will exchange that. He will give you peace that surpasses understanding. No more will you feel the need to understand all that's happening in the world, but you will receive peace from God that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so what better way for us to be neighbors and witnesses in this season? To have this attitude, to have this outlook, to proclaim his gospel. And then also practically, part of the reasonableness is to just think, how can you serve others? I have a few elderly neighbors, and every time we go to the grocery store, we just call them up and we say, hey, can we pick anything up for you? Can we pick up prescriptions for you? Do you need any groceries? We, we check in on them regularly to see how we can help, how we can serve them. Same should be true for any of us. As, as the church is not allowed to gather right now, I think we're in an incredible season for us to scatter and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so each of you know who's in your sphere of influence who may be vulnerable because they're, they're elderly or they have pre-existing pre, um, health complications. And so think... How, how can I serve them? How can I offer to help? You also may know people who are single or just feel more isolated, single mothers or, or people that just, they have less activity in their home. And so as they're quarantined, they are likely more lonely. Reach out to them. Be reasonable. Be a neighbor. Be a witness. Reach out. And, and as you follow the CDC's recommendations, you can have people... Um, Figure out your own wisdom on this and your own ideas on this, but follow the CDC's recommendations. But consider if it would be good to meet up with someone at a park and keep some distance, but encourage them. We can be neighbors and witnesses. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus in this season. I mentioned it early on, but on our website, parkcommunitymn.com, there's a place that you can go to, to sign up to help people in need. And we have over 50 people who have already signed up to help people in need. You are an incredible church wanting to serve people. And, um, and also there's a place to sign up if you need help. And so if you are a part of Park Community Church or if you are just in the area and you are in need of help, if you're in need of somebody to get you groceries, in need of somebody to pick up a prescription, if you're in need of a conversation, if you're feeling lonely and isolated and, and depressed, reach out. We have a whole community of people here who would love to serve you and to be a neighbor and a witness of Jesus to you. 
And so that's, that's my encouragement to us as a church family in these coming days to be reasonable neighbors and witnesses, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus in word and deed. We do that by rejoicing, by remembering that the Lord is at hand, by not giving into anxiety and fear and joylessness, but to bring our prayers to God, to trust him, and then to serve others. Again, to be brothers and sisters, practicing his commands, submitting to the governing authorities, and then figuring out how do we spur one another on in love and good deeds? How do we meet virtually? How do we encourage one another as long as it is called today? And then again, sons and daughters, how do we pursue God in the season? Take advantage of the season. Slow down. Spend time with your father, your heavenly father. Spend time with your family that you're quarantined with and press into some spiritual practices, some spiritual disciplines that maybe you've never done before and see what God will do. I'm going to pray for us. And, uh, and then again, just a reminder to stay connected. Um, sign up for all the different things. Um, stay connected. I love you guys. I miss you. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, virtually in the coming weeks and hopefully soon gathered together again here in the sanctuary. Let me pray. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. God, we cling to this truth that you are our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we need not fear. God, we thank you that you are on the throne. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to redeem us, to purchase us with a price, that we have hope of eternal glory with you. Lord, I pray that we would be people who spread that hope, who spread that joy, who care for those in need. Lord, I pray that as a result of the current state that we're in, that many people would come to know you and find hope and meaning and truth in you. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we pray these things in your strong, precious, and powerful name.